What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. Emma Mae Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hello, hello, incredible, loved, valued humans. I'm so thankful for your life. And I'm so thankful that in this cool way of technology, I get to talk to you. And I pray y'all are just having the most, the most stunning day I, I'm just pumped. This is the day that the Lord has made and we get to rejoice and be glad in it. But guys, Mm. I'm extra excited about today because (laughs) it's not just me. Today on the Have You Heard podcast, we have the one and only Gabrielle Odom and it is going to be beautiful. Gabby, hi. (laughs) This is so sweet, Emma. I am just (laughs) So excited to be with y'all. And man, I just want to echo everything that Emma said. We just pray that whoever is listening today, that y'all would be encountered by the truths of who God is, that you'd be encountered by love and encountered by power uh, from the Lord. And so, yeah, we're just excited to hang out with y'all today. (laughs) It's going to be a joy. And I think today's topic What's really funny, I'm about to say that it's very timely for right now, but I feel like today's topic is timely no matter what season mm-hmm. you're in. Like I was reading a verse the other day and I can't remember what where it was. It was either in first or second Timothy. And mm-hmm. Paul was basically saying, be ready to preach in season and out of season. And I I really think like that's just a testament of what we're talking about today that this importance of having having a biblical worldview, no matter if it's spring or it's winter, if it's election season or it's in the middle of like it's year two after the election season, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what season we're in as a nation, what season that we're in individually, this range true of importance. And so I'm just very excited about this conversation today. Yeah, man. I mean, everything you just said, like this is everything. And I think the way I often describe a biblical worldview is like, hey, this is the lens in which we ought to look through. And so you nailed it, Emma, that like this just matters as we seek to follow God. And as we seek to live in today's society, like we have to allow scripture to be the supreme authority in which becomes the lens in which we see everything like it affects what we believe it affects how we think it affects what we say it affects how we treat people and so man like <laughs> having a biblical worldview literally does infiltrate every area of life and so you nailed it yeah friend 
I okay. I'm really excited to ask you this question. So, what does it mean to like to you if you were to put it into words to have a biblical worldview? Like that sounds it sounds important and yeah. it sounds serious. Um, and it sounds like wow. Like if I hear that, I'm like, well, I want to have that. But if you were to put it practically into words, like what does that even mean? Totally. That's a really good question. Quick, like plug to Canicut Camps because for the past <laughs> yes. like, for four years in high school, I attended this one week camp at Canicut called Worldview Camp. And it was taught by a director at K2. His name's Adam Donier for those of y'all that, that know him. But basically like the purpose of this week was to teach us like what a biblical worldview was and how he always described a biblical worldview is a worldview in and of itself is is just how it is like it's it's the view in which you see the world like a worldview is the view in which you see the world and so there's many different lenses I that I would I would say that man each person wears as they walk throughout the day and so to take like a a like flesh view of a worldview hmm. I would say man before Christ the way I viewed the world was in the context of of my own desires, my own self-righteousness, my own my own view of like what freedom looked like. And so, man, when I would walk throughout the day, my purpose and intention was to please myself, to gratify the desires of my flesh, to feed whatever whatever I wanted and whatever I thought would be desirable for me. And so we see this all throughout scripture, right? Like in judges and in kings, like they are doing what was right in their own eyes. And so all of mankind, like we seek to do what is right in our own eyes. And what I love about having a biblical worldview is in Jesus Christ, man, by the power of the Holy Spirit, like the Lord can completely reorientate the lens in which we look through. And so, man, Mm -hmm. if we have a biblical worldview, then the lens in which we look through now becomes scripture. Like it now becomes the word of God. And and if the word of God is supreme authority in our, in our life, like if the word of God is absolute truth in our life, then it absolutely changes the way we see everything. And so I think a more like a more applicable example would be, man, like how I view this current election season, right? Like I think people have so many questions and it often feels like there's so many tensions to fight through and it feels like directionless in moments. And and it's when I have those questions and it's when I feel like I'm without direction that I get to point back to the true north of scripture and hold fast yeah. what the word of God says is, is true and start there, even when my feelings like don't agree with it, right? And so like starting with the supreme authority of the word of God. And so when I have a biblical worldview and actually believe that the word of God as Second Timothy 3.16 would tell us, like the word of God has been breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. Like if I actually believe that the word of God can be used so that every man may be complete and equipped for every good work, then man, I have to start there. Like I have to start with knowing the word of God so I can allow the word to then impact my every decision, my every thought, and every word that comes out of my mouth. Friend, yes. Hmm. Yes. I have never regret being obedient to the Lord. I have Hmm. never regret seeking Him and His Word and allowing His Word to be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Like yeah. I've, I've never looked back and said, man, I really wish that I didn't do what God 
God commanded me to do. I really wish that I didn't walk on the path that he made straight for me. I really wish that I didn't follow his spirit that brings me life and peace. Like those have never been regrets in my life. And I think it makes sense because if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis, that we were made in his image. Every human being was made in the image of God. And in Ecclesiastes 3, we read that God has planted eternity in the heart of every human. And so whenever I think about that, it's like, okay, I was made in his image and he planted eternity in my heart. So for me to go against his way, for me to go against his heart, it makes sense that I'm going to be living a life that I was never made to live because I'm not living the life that the one who made me called me to live. Totally, totally. But when I live the life that I was called to live by the one who called me, then mm. like I never will regret that because it's literally like the one who breathed life into me, the one who fearfully and wonderfully made me and wrote every day of my life in his book before a single one of them came to be. Like in him, I lack no good thing. And so it makes sense that whenever I submit to him, I'm going to be thankful that I do that because his ways are higher. He is good. He is faithful and he's going to lead me on level ground. So why in my own selfishness do I sometimes think that when I go my own way, it's going to be better because it never is. Absolutely, man. That's so good. And I, and I think like that also hits on just the importance of, of knowing the word and the importance of walking in a biblical worldview. You know, it's like, I can't walk in a way that is according to scripture if I don't know the word of God myself, right? And so like yeah. think about <laughs> Joshua 1.8 where it like implores us to meditate on the word day and night that this book of law shall not depart from our mouths. And so, man, that takes action. It takes discipline for us to seek the word of God and to truly just meditate on scripture in like fear and reverence for who God is, but also out of like an utter like love for who God is. Like if I actually fear the Lord and if I actually love God, then might might I be someone who sits in the word of God so that I can be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. But in order to be a doer of the word, I need to know the word of God myself. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it makes me think of my relationship with Josh and how like for any of you listening, that's my fiance, but like, I love him. Like I want to spend the rest of my life with him. And it would kind of not really make sense. It would be very contradicting if I claimed that I loved him, but I never wanted to spend time with him. And I never sat down and listened to his heart. And I never um, sat down and asked him questions or was intentional to carve out time with him. Like, no, I, because I love him, I want to be with him and I make it a priority for that to happen. And mm -hmm. that's just a glimpse of what that should look like with the Lord. Like if I have surrendered to Jesus and declared him Lord of my life and been sealed in his spirit, like a changed heart. I, I am compelled by his love, but I also out of love for him, want to be with him. I want mm -hmm. to carve out time. I want to get to know him more. I remember whenever I like took ownership of my faith and 
wanted to like just know the Lord and make him known. And whenever I like took that seriously in a way I never had before, I could not get enough of his word. Like would put it everywhere over my room and wanted to wake up early just to sit and be with him. And so it's like, wow, it's, that's just so true though. Like you can't live out the word if you don't know the word and you can't know the word if you don't spend time with the word. That's so good. Emma. I love that you use that comparison of you and Josh, because I think like in this day and age, we can make a lot of excuses and a lot of justifications as to like why why we don't spend time with the Lord. And I think often we we can make excuses of a lack of time or a lack of margin, but you nailed it of like, hey, we make time for the things that are valuable for us. Like mm-hmm. I make time for the things that I care about. And if I love God and am committed to like surrendering my life to him and abiding with Jesus Christ, then I will make time for him. And And like we should carve out (laughs) big chunks of time in order to spend time with the Father because he is that worthy of our worship. And I think it's just easy for us to get caught up in our own agendas, our own schedules. And I've been resting a lot lately in in 2 Timothy 2, 4, which which basically Paul is is just urging the church to, to be like soldiers who are not caught up in, who are not entangled in civilian pursuits because their aim is to please the one who enlisted them. And I've been resting yeah. in that so much because like we talk about, man, spending time with God, seeking to follow him, seeking to rest in God's word. Like I want to view my life as, as a soldier who's not getting caught up in civilian pursuits, in distractions, in entanglements, in in the patterns of society, in busyness, but a soldier who is seeking to please the one who enlisted me, like to please God alone above all else. And so, man, I, I think like that's a, a challenge to this generation when we are so caught up in hustle and in busyness and in, yeah, in our own agendas for our lives. And man, it just encourages and challenges me. Like, am I concerned with, with pleasing the world and, and doing whatever my flesh desires? Or am I concerned with pleasing the one true God, like pleasing the one who enlisted me? And is it worth it for me to throw off anything else that would distract me in order to just spend time with the Father? You know, like, is it yes. worth it? And so like, that's why I love your your example with Josh, because it's like, man, you're in love with him. And so it's worth it to like carve out, to sacrifice time so that you can spend time with him. And so, man, I, I, I pray that that like even changes my heart posture going in today that I would seek to fear the Lord and spend time with him because he's that, that worthy of our worship. He's so worthy and he's so jealous of it too. Yeah. Like he, he's such a loving God. Like he, he made us to be in relationship with him and desires to be in relationship with us, which that in itself blows my mind that like he that he made us to praise him and to be in relationship with him and to glorify him and yet we still rebelled and he being so like so merciful and so gracious he would send his one and only son to come and live the perfect non-rebellious life that we couldn't live and he paid our debt for us so that if we believe in him like we can have relationship with him like that I was reading in Jeremiah this morning and the Lord is like 
in this time, he's so upset with Judah. He's so mm. upset with his people because they he he describes them like a wife who's continuously committing adultery against her husband. Mm. Like his people continue to turn away from him and put their focus, place their worship, put their attention on things other than the Lord. And the Lord describes like the destruction that is going to come upon them. And that destruction will be like, like a father who, or parents like who lose their only son. And when Mm. I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, the pain he's describing that his people experience because they turned from him is the pain that he was willing to experience so that we could turn back to him and have him again. Like it blew my mind. Like he gave his one and only son and experienced that grief so that anyone who turns to him can be with him because he's that jealous for for our hearts. Mm. Yeah, man, that's powerful. And and it's like, okay, we see that. We see that trend all throughout scripture, right? Like from Genesis to Revelation, we see a God who has set in motion this grand rescue mission to reconcile humanity back to relationship with himself. And, And time and time again, the Israelites are walking in complacency. They're walking in rebellion. They are putting other gods before before the Lord after God has like already set them free out of Egypt, right? Like I I watch numbers <laughs> like numbers Deuteronomy and into Joshua and Judges where I'm like, man, God already like he set you free and he revealed to you the power of his freedom, the power of his grace and kindness, and yet you continue to rebel and put other gods before him. And then the moment where I like become like annoyed at the Israelites, I just have to remind myself that I'm the exact same way, Emma. Like I am the exact same way every single day where God has like, he has presented to me his power, his faithfulness. He has freed me out of sin and death and brought me into life and freedom. And he has revealed to me the power of who he is and his holiness. And yet even in the midst of his glory, I continue to do what is right in my own eyes. And God is just so kind to continue to reel me back to him, right? Like it's my relationship with the Lord if it was dependent on on me and and what I could strive for, like I would have been out of this whole Christian thing a long time ago. But the only the only reason why my relationship with the Lord is still persevering is because I serve a God who, man, He says that nothing in all of creation will separate you from the love of God. Like He is just that kind of a God who, through the power of the gospel, like He is continuing to woo us and continuing to like romance us. Um, back in into like a sweet communion with him and so man that just excites me because I'm like oh God is so so faithful and so so kind and so might we be a people and a generation that would continually seek to follow him because yeah like I I'm sad and I'm discouraged when I look at the world and I think our generation is is with so without direction and and even even if they do have direction, the direction that that they're heading is not according to Christ. And so, yeah. I mean, back to back to a biblical worldview, like we just have to resort back to Scripture because so many people they're without truth, but they also have have bought this lie that truth is relative, or or my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. And I think it's it's that relativity that is leading this generation to 
so much anxiety and so much depression and so much chaos because they don't have a compass, right? Like if I had absolute truth, I would be going absolutely crazy. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is like this next generation is so anxious and so afraid and walking in so much sin and temptation because they're without a compass. And so that's why like when we talk about a biblical worldview, that's why we need supreme authority in our life because without authority, we will do what is right in our own eyes. And to do what is right in our own eyes ultimately will not be for our good. Like authority is for our good and it's for protection and provision. And so that's why like, man, we ought to resort to the word of God because as you talk about like the rebellion of the Israelites in scripture, like each one of us is seeking that own rebellion. And and I think often we seek rebellion because we think that authority isn't for our good, right? Like we think that independence is for our best. But what's true about scripture is authority by the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit is actually the best place for us to be. Like dependency on God is the best place for us to be because up to myself, like I will not pursue righteousness. And so man, like I wanna be a woman of God that would be yielded to this mission and the authority of God alone. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. Hey, today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Faithful Counseling. So let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your peace, robbing you of joy, preventing you from carrying God's yoke that is easy and his burden that is light that he intends for you to carry, he designed you to carry? Are you walking through something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that for many of us, that can be anxiety, depression, fear, or even broken relationships that can be holding us back. But this is where Faithful Counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide counseling service that is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone and everyone can face life's challenges and can get help anytime, anywhere. Faithful Counseling offers four different ways to get connected to a licensed counselor. You can sit down for video calls, phone calls, live chats, or instant messaging. Every counselor on Faithful Counseling is licensed by their respective state board and has over 3,000 hours of experience. If you think that Faithful Counseling is for you, you can sign up today and be matched with your counselor in 24 hours or less. Faithful Counseling is helping us live our healthiest lives in the comfort and safety of our homes. Be sure to check out Faithful Counseling at faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. I love your heart. (laughs) I love you. Yes. Gabby, oh my stars. Yes. Yes. And amen to, to all of that. I, that's Mm. so, that's so true. That's so true. And how like genuine freedom comes from submitting and depending on the authority of the Lord. And I do believe that the enemy will speak the lie and the flesh of our human hearts will speak the lie that 
independence comes from rebellion, as you were just saying, but truly independence comes from dependence on the Lord. Like I find freedom and independence from my, from my sin, from my shame, from my fear, from my anxiety, from my hopelessness, I, from my pride, whenever I submit to the Lord and depend on him. And it, it, it's truly like taste and see that the Lord is good and be blessed as you take refuge in him. Like whenever you would speak that to the world, like it may not make sense. It's like, what? (laughs) It sounds like you're speaking gibberish. Like how do I find freedom by depending on someone higher than me? Well, Mm -hmm. it's like whenever you truly taste and see how good God is, you understand that there's no better way that like Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And, and I, what I think is so cool too, is like, we, it makes me think of Ephesians two and how like we were all at one time disobedient to the father being obedient to the enemy who is the, the prince of this air. And like, so what I, what I'm really encouraged by is that like, as believers, we are walking in the light. Jesus has called us the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are ambassadors of Christ, meaning we literally represent him as believers. And God is making his appeal to reconcile the world to him through us. But it's not from a, we're not taking our biblical worldview into the world from a place of from a place of pride or from a place of looking down our nose that we're better than those who don't have a biblical worldview because no none of us are better than the next person like we were all by nature deserving of wrath we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory the only difference between me and an unbeliever is that i have found hope and i want the unbeliever to find hope as well and mm-hmm. And so I think that's like really important, like having that, the importance of having that biblical worldview is like, I have a message for you world. Like I, I haven't arrived by any means. I still struggle, but I have found an, an, a hope that is an anchor firm and secure in my soul and living in a world that has winds tossed to and fro and waves that come in and crash out. Like without this anchor, I'm like, I'm done for just as anyone who doesn't know him. And, um, and so I just think going into the world, knowing that like, wow, his grace is sufficient for me. I don't have it all together. And I'm speaking from a place of humility because I just want you to have this message of hope as well. But also Mm -hmm. I wanted to share this. That was on my heart and see, like, hear your, like, hear what, comes to your mind when I share this, but also like as believers stepping into this world, um, it's important to know the truth as what you were just saying. It's important to know the truth because we're stepping into a world that is like they're the God of this age. (laughs) The enemy is the father of lies. Like it is his native language. And also people who don't know the Lord are being obedient to that. So they're walking in what is pleasing to their own eyes. And if we as believers do not hide the word of God in our heart, like how should a man remain pure? How should he keep step with the spirit by hiding his word in his heart? And So what I think is so beautiful 
In 1 Kings 13, there's a man of God, and he is instructed by the Lord to go to um, the king Jeroboam at the time. Mm -hmm. And we're never told his name. He's just referred to as the man of God. Um, But the the man of God was told by the Lord to go to Jeroboam. But after he leaves Jeroboam, he says to not come back by the way that he came and to not eat or drink anything that he in that place that he was at. And so he does that. But as after he meets with King Jeroboam and he's starting to go back to go back home by a different way by which he came, as the Lord had said, he's approached to by an old prophet. And the old prophet says, like, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he says, yes, I am. And then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. And the man of God said, no, I can't. I'm not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are here and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the prophet answered, I'm a prophet too just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord, bring him home with you so that he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him and the man of God went back with him and ate. And the man of God ended up being, the man of God ended up being destroyed. He ended up being killed. And that's kind of like a gory end. But I was, that was on my heart because the man of God knew the truth. He knew the word that God had told him, but whenever he stepped in as the soldier, whenever he was stepping in to the battlefield, he was told, no, actually, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is what God told me. Actually, this is what you should be doing. And instead of going back to the truth that he was informed of, instead of going back to the word that the Lord had given him, he took the old prophet at his word. And I think, I I don't know why, but that, that message just came to my heart from first Kings 13 in thinking of the importance of having a biblical worldview, not only to share hope with the world, but also like what you were mentioning earlier from second Timothy of seeking, like having the aim to please your chief officer, Jesus Christ, and not get caught up in civilian affairs, taking everyone and everything at their word, but always going back to the word of God, because ultimately that's what's going to enable me to share even more hope with people. Because I, even though it's going to be countercultural, it's going to be against the grain. It's not going to be what everyone wants to hear, but it's life. And I love people enough and I love God enough to share truth with them, even though it may not bring fuzzy, warm feelings all the time. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, Emma. Dang, that like, that really encourages me. And I think even in that story, it just like, it reminds me of how holy God is, right? Like, in in disobedience, the man was destroyed because he had defied the word of the Lord. And, and of course, you said it, it's, it's intense, but it reminds me of of how holy God is, and it's funny that you that you even read that because I've I was I've just been going through First um, and Second Kings, and it's and it was actually I was in this morning in the end of Second Kings in in chapters twenty two and twenty three, which I'll just high level view view summary, but but basically King Josiah, upon hearing the word of God, like upon hearing the mm-hmm. word of the Lord read out loud 
he tore his clothes in humility before the Lord. He repented before God and, and in his repentance, God, and in his humility, God showed him kindness and Josiah continued um, to bring reformation to the land and to restore the law of the Lord in the land. And so as I think about like our present day circumstance, like what would happen if we were to be a generation that upon hearing the word of God in, in fear for the, for the Lord, we repented and, and yeah. sought to serve humbly before the Lord. And it would lead, I believe it would lead to, to reformation and to restoration of the law in, in our current land. And so I think like, man, it encouraged me that you brought that up in first Kings and that I was in second Kings this morning. <laughs> It's just so fun how the how the Lord works like that. And and it and honestly, Emma, like it's just the promise, Hebrews 4 12, that the word of God is alive and active. Like the Lord allowed both of those scriptures to pop off the pages to both of us this morning in order to be prepared, even just for this conversation right now. And so it's just fun that God does that. Like that the word is <laughs> not return void, that the word truly is alive and active and it has the power to divide and discern the heart of mankind. And it truly is like a weapon that we get to use to fight the lies of the enemy, to fight the lies of this world so that we would not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind and test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And so, man, that just, that that hypes me up. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I'm smiling so big. God is so, so kind. He is so, oh, he's just so wonderful. There's nothing that his word doesn't address because mm-hmm. his word is life. And in his word, as you said at the very beginning, we're making a full circle. But Second yeah. Timothy 3.16, like the word of God equips the righteous person for every good work. Like there mm-hmm. is no season there is no circumstance that I will ever step into that the word of God does not equip me for amen praise mm-hmm. God praise oh, like God. I, I, I just want to rest there right Emma like I just yeah. I want to rest there that's such a good promise that there is truly nothing we will experience that the word of God cannot equip us for and it is my uh Adam Donia as I was talking about before he always he refers to the Bible as as just the basic instruction before leaving earth right like these are these are our <laughs> instructions before leaving earth and and so might we cling to it and and hold fast to what is true even when the rest of the world is spiraling and without hope like we have one hope Jesus is the way the truth and the life he is the word, right? He He was the word that became flesh. And so might the word of God point us to greater love for who Jesus is as the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to sanctify our hearts and to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's that's huge. Amen, amen, and amen. Oh my goodness, guys, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you put your trust in him and may his word dwell among you richly and take root in the soil of your heart. And may you be like a tree that is planted by streams of water that yields your fruit in season. May your leaves never wither and may all that you do prosper in Jesus name. Amen. Gabrielle Odom. (laughs) This was so sweet, Emma. Seriously. I love you. Man, I love you.
Wow, I am encouraged. Wow, thank you so much for letting me have you have you be a part of this episode today and for blessing me and I know without a doubt blessing the people who are getting to listen as well. Mm, well, it was such an honor and truly such a joy. I pray, and man, say it again, of like anyone who's listening right now, I pray that y'all were encouraged. I pray that you, man, were encountered by the truth of who God is through the power of his word. And I, I just pray we went straight from it. And so, yeah, this like this conversation, Emma, seriously amps me up because I just think there's like nothing better to cling to. And so <laughs> it was really, really sweet to have this conversation. Yeah, I want to go like have a dance party. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I'll be in Lynchburg soon, so we can we can do that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, bye everybody. (laughs) We love y'all. blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.